everyone and welcome to what I am calling my conscious commentary after the show. Uh, today we're going to be talking about the interview that I had the pleasure of conducting with Dr. Eric Pearl while I was on location in Los Angeles at the Conscious Life Expo. Many of you know Dr. Eric Pearl's name uh, for the absolutely groundbreaking work that he's done with his reconnective healing method, also called the Reconnection. But what some of you may or may not know is how this all started, uh, how he really got into this uh, sort of energy healing modality. Uh, we know that there are several uh, modalities that do exist. I, I do consider this to be a specific modality, and yet uh, I think it comes from a very fundamental uh, part of the healing spectrum. Anyway, I hope you have the chance to listen to this show because it is quite fascinating. And I'm going to tell you, the part of the show that was perhaps the most fascinating for me was the beginning. And that is his story, the impetus for how this all started for him. It started in a very unusual, and I might say anomalous way. He begins by talking about uh, a very profound near-death experience that his mother had had at his birth, all of the things that go, you know, the things that we consider to be somewhat typical in a very atypical experience, I suppose, uh, that go with the near-death experience, um, all of those uh, recounted by his mother, which I got the feeling he had to prod her to to uh, to deliver to him, you know, to, to because th- this wasn't talked about back then. Near-death experiences, I, I don't know that the term had even been coined at the time, um, but he wanted to understand, really wanted to get an idea about perhaps what had led him to this work. And he re- he said, I really don't know what the beginnings of my work, where it started, but, you know, I suppose I could go all the way back to my birth. And that's when he began uh, sharing with me the near-death experience of his mother at his birth. Imagine that. You know, here's something that I didn't have a chance to ask him. And I hope you'll listen to the, sh- to the show in its entirety, rather than me reiterate uh, the features of the near-death experience that his mother had. Very, very intriguing. But one of the things I wonder, you know, th- there's so many things that we uh, experience and yet don't have conscious recollection of. And I couldn't help but wonder that during this most otherworldly near-death experience of his mother, of course, here's little Eric and his mom's belly. What was he going through? Was there some sort of a parallel connection there? You know, if I have an opportunity, and I'm hoping that we'll stay in touch, I would like to ask him that. Does he have any recollection whatsoever? I have a feeling if perhaps this was the beginning of his life path, that there was a, a very distinct agreement made, you know, for him and for his mother So something to think about, really intriguing. But you know, the the unusual experiences did not stop there. Many years later, as as you will hear or have heard, uh, he began having a series of what we would call inexplicable events, anomalous events happen to him, seemingly very arbitrary. Often this is how it happens, where he was in his home, uh, he had been in practice for probably 12 years at this point, and uh, inexplicably, uh, poltergeist effects began happening in his home. Obviously, he did not know what to make of them. Um, he continued to go about his business after 
you know, investigating to see if there was actually an intruder in his home. There were lights coming on and a, a sense that people, other people were in his home. These are things that we hear of often when we feel we're being visited, I suppose. But here's where it gets really interesting. And that's when the following Monday, after these things started happening, he went into his office, continued to uh, work on his patients, and the patients started to exhibit some of the same, uh, or, or I should say, talk about some of the same things that he was experiencing, a feeling that there were other people in the uh, in the patient's room, hearing voices, smelling flowers, all sorts of things. But it gets even more ex- interesting. It wasn't that they were just witnessing so-called poltergeist effects, but they somehow, as Eric was working on them, still uh, doing his chiropractic work, he hadn't started reconnective healing as yet, they too felt the sense that they could heal. They too started, uh, they would leave the, uh, the office, his office, and go home, and other very strange and unusual things were happening, including they're having the ability, these are his patients, having the ability to heal their own family members. And thus the beginning of the reconnection took place. <laughs> I I begin this interview saying to Eric or asking Eric, are you, do you ever cease to be amazed? You know, those of us that are in this work, we see, I suppose, what you could call miraculous acts all the time. We claim to understand how it all works, how it all, how the pieces all fit together. But we really don't know. All we know is that we are somehow inextricably linked to some very omnipotent field, inextricably linked, connected to a field. And there are many pathways and entry points to get to this field, to be able to harness some of its own powers, of which are our own powers. I, um, as I sat and I listened to him, I have to tell you, I'm very impressed with this this young man. <laughs> he is extraordinarily, as I said in the interview, thoughtful. This is not a person who, when asked a question, just spits out an answer or repeats an answer that perhaps he gave in another interview. I think he really does connect with that field of information. And when asked a question, he really thinks about, ponders and contemplates what that answer might be. And I said to him, I really do think that's why that's why you've done so well with what you're doing. You know, he, just speaking of what he's doing with the recon- reconnective healing method, he did uh, a little exercise, I guess you could call it on me, to demonstrate how this, at least fundamentally, the energy is working and moving when uh, when in close proximity to another hand. He, what he did was he had me uh, stretch out my hand, hold out my hand, and hold the fingers um, wide open. And then he took his hand behind my hand and just started making a pulling motion. And I could absolutely see my fingers moving. It wasn't what I would call a very strong pull. It was subtle. Um, You know, I've done, I've worked on some of these things myself, just kind of experimented with um, trying to feel energy in my hand. And I, and I have in fact been able to do that, but it's always gratifying and uh, reaffirming when you see someone else do it. 
it's uh, imagine what we are capable of in terms of healing others and healing ourselves. Think about all the billions and billions of dollars that we spend annually to uh, to go to the doctor. And look, I'm not putting down modern medicine at all. It, it's got its benefits and its advantages. But we are capable, I think, of so much more on our own, call it complementary medicine, things that we can do to augment our own healing. And he's certainly demonstrated that. What else? We we talked about me so many things, but I, again, I could have stayed on the paranormal subject for, for the whole hour because I think it really, really does lend a little bit of a hint as to what's going on here. You know, you hear about people all the time. I, the person that comes to mind is Neil Donald Walsh. Uh, many of you know his name for his uh, famous Conversations with God trilogy. And he too talks about certainly not the exact same scenario. And he didn't necessarily uh, discover a healing modality from his experience. But the fact that he had a very spontaneous spiritual breakthrough, um, uninvited, or at least not consciously invited, and all of a sudden your world is changed. Same with Eric. I have to tell you, I myself have had something that I have not talked in great uh, at great length about uh, uh, an amazing life-changing experience that happened to me back in 2005 unbeknownst to me uh, again not uh, prompted by me that I can think of in any way that literally changed my world I was uh, significantly more uh, clairvoyant sensitive uh, able to feel energy, you name it. Again, too much to get into right now. Um, maybe one of these days I'll I'll tell I'll spill the beans and tell the whole story. But as far as individuals all over this planet, probably as long as individuals have existed, they have had experiences that have changed their world, put them on a path that they would have never imagined, and led to who and what they are today. And Eric is one of those people. We, as we got into the discussion more about the modality itself of uh, reconnective healing, we talked about intelligence and the heart, one of my favorite subjects. As many of you may know, I've, I've cited the work of the HeartMath Institute uh, frequently. And I posed the question to him, did he feel that the, the, the role that the heart plays from an intelligent perspective is uh, an integral part of the reconnective healing method? And his answer surprised me a little bit. His answer was both yes and not necessarily. And the not necessarily, um, what he did was he really explained, and, and this I also resonated with, we tend to focus on certain parts of the body as having uh, abilities that others don't, that being an intelligence. And yet it has been said, I have heard this said, and I think this makes perfect sense, that there's some level of intelligence that resides literally in every part of the body, in every cell of the body. However, if you're just looking to uh, connect with one part of the body for intelligence and, you know, asking it to respond to you, well, that's what you're going to get. But again, keeping in mind the whole premise behind holistic medicine, we must look at the whole body and acknowledge that the whole body uh, actually has uh, pathways and, you know, uh, 
intelligent abilities that we can also kind of ignite by acknowledging them. So I found that to be extremely um, important. One of the other things that we talked about uh, are the correlation between the what what is referred to meridians meridians in the body and the ley lines of the planetary body and how uh, there is a universal exchange that takes place. You know, when we're tapping uh, healing, uh, you know, for our for ourselves or for others. Again, we ask that question, where is it coming from? You know, we're always looking for sort of a destination or an origin for where this healing uh, is derived. And again, his answer was very interesting to me in that it's not necessarily a one-way street. You know, we think of, we talked about the micro and the macro, ourselves, of course, being part of the micro and the larger planetary body being the macro. And rather than what I... I expected him to say was that we were really indeed uh, pulling from that macro, which is certainly far more um, robust in its ability to heal and do other things than we as the micro are. He really feels that it's it's uh, it's a it's a reciprocal relationship that um, and hence the reason why, you know, you, you think of a, the planet as being a living, intelligent being as we are. And so there are a lot of features that are reflected in both the planet and in ourselves, we think of ourselves sort of having these meridians, um, you know, uh, all over our body, where they are mirrored on the planetary body. I think they're, in some cases, they're even referred, ley lines are even referred to as meridians. And so we're not only uh, extracting energy from the planetary body, but we're also giving energy, exchanging energy with that body. So again, what's reinforced is that there is this inextricable link between ourselves and the broader universe, really. Is that how the healing happens? <laughs> Always, again, I have to chuckle at myself because we, we all, all of us so well-intentioned, we want to know how this works. Explain it to me in terms that I can understand. Well, guess what? I get the sense that the universe is so mysterious and, and us along with it that we're just not going to get the answers that way. I think it's just important to accept and allow, accept and allow. The healing is happening we're seeing it. There have been a multitude of examples throughout history to show that there is an invisible force, that we are infinitely linked to it and can tap it. We can tap it. It will allow. Another thing that he spoke of that I thought was so completely profound is his comments on how healing requires the ability to replace the concept of trying with that of allowing, trying, what is that? Well, we set out to do something and we give it our best effort. We try. And I, and I think what he was saying is that we put so much emphasis on the act of trying that we negate the process of simply it allowing, allowing it to happen. You know, we're thinking creatures, we're left-brained creatures. Um, and as my friend Penny Pierce has often said, Left brain lives in the past and the future, always trying to, trying to achieve. 
versus the right brain, which is more of a uh, neutral being that is always willing to allow subtle and yet profound. Hmm. We talked about so many things, really just in a less than an hour. I think we had about 45 minutes. Uh, So I hope that you will tune in if you haven't already to this great interview that I had with Dr. Eric Pearl, who's, by the way, all over the globe, literally, I think as we speak, he's in Italy. I know that he uh, and his team just returned from uh, doing some training in Tokyo, um, as well as uh, various parts of Europe. He's on the go for sure. I really applaud him for all that he's doing. Um, Everyone needs to know about this. Oh, you know, there's one other thing that I'd like to bring up that uh, we talked a little bit about off air. I didn't know how he would respond to this, but his answer kind of surprised me. I asked him uh, about the process of what we'll call energy healing, the reconnective healing method, and if it involved what we would call improvisation in some way. That is sort of just not going by a syllabus of how to do something, but really just kind of working improvisationally with moving energy around. And if that played a role or was a key to it being effective. And, you know, the reason why I brought that up is uh, I had the pleasure of interviewing uh, John Rappaport several months ago in which we talked about that very thing, that there is something quite magical in the lack of a particular modality and just winging it, just playing with certain uh, processes. And you know what he said? You know what Dr. Pearl said? He said, you know what? I do think that's a part of it. Again, what we're doing, we're not so much trying. I've got to try to follow this, you know, steps one through 10, but rather allowing and call it improvisation if you want, call it allowing if you want. But it, I think it's really a process of just letting go that allows for whatever needs to take place to take place. So that's something to chew on. (laughs) Well, I think I'll close out for now. I thank you as always so much. I'm so appreciative for all of you tuning into the main show, Conscious Inquiry. And of course, for listening to my rambling after the show, Conscious Commentary. Hey, listen, we've got a great show coming up. March 25th, we will be talking with Dr. Elliot Maynard. Dr. Maynard wrote the book, uh, Brave New Mind. This is his latest book, Brave New Mind, uh, as opposed to Brave New World. (laughs) But his book is fascinating. It cites 25 master keys to build a new future science, uh, a science for ourselves. And I was quite impressed with some of his ideas. So I would love for you to tune in to that show that's coming up again Wednesday, March 25th. Again, thank you so much for tuning in. I appreciate you, as always. Make it a great day.